Welcome back to Weed Chat. This week, we went out and asked some local bud tenders what their biggest gripe with the industry is. Weed Chat about it. Uh, hello, welcome. Uh, a little, uh, little note here just before we begin. I promise this is a Weed Chat episode. You know, we're just we're a little we're a little toasty in this cold basement. So, um, yeah, like I said, <laughs> we went out. We asked a few different local bud tenders uh, what their biggest gripe is with the industry, the way it is now. Um, And we got a bunch of different answers that we wanted to go over and kind of discuss, put our two cents in, you know, maybe kind of explain to consumers who aren't in the industry why people have gripes with it. Yeah, it was like a lot of really good information, like a lot of really good views and i can't wait to discuss them yeah yeah so the first one that we came across was sativa indica and hybrid you know it's it's so widely used still but we're trying to sway away from it and it's one of those things that you see all over the place it's like thc it's getting overplayed yeah yeah i mean everybody goes oh can i get like a sativa when they're wanting something like energy filled it's like I've had some indicas that fill me with more energy than I've had in a sativa. Yeah. And and vice versa, like Blue Dream, I'm just done. Like that's my day. If I smoke Blue Dream, I'm just in the couch. It's and it's a sativa supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> like for well, it's a sativa because of how it's grown, but in effect it's something you wouldn't associate yeah that's that's the biggest thing with the whole like sativa indica hybrid classification is i know we've gone over this in a previous episode before i think the growing one and maybe even a couple of others um but at this point in time all of them are hybrids there's no true sativa there's no true indica anymore like their their parent might be typically from like one side or the other and they might show the physical characteristics of it but to really truly understand the effect you do have to look at the terpenes and other things other than just like thc and you know is it a sativa or an indica yeah yeah you want to look at it as a whole just everything about it Together. it's well you know the entourage effect we talked about it before oh yeah and i mean it's literally a flower there's more to it than just its classification yeah so yeah and i mean like cherub said blue dream is super body heavy it's like i i mean yes it's euphoric and it's very cerebral but it's also very body heavy and mellowing and it honestly feels more like an indica but it is a sativa by breed exactly like i'd happily take a nap like is what blue dream gives me every time i do it which is i think why like so many canadians love it especially like in the colder months because it's like it's a sativa we trick ourselves to thinking oh it'll give us energy (laughs) even though all we want to do is melt into our couch and just binge netflix (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean another big one and we've talked about this one repeatedly too we can't openly speak about the benefits of the plant yeah it's it is so hard trying to sell something to people when you can't actually tell them why one might be good over the other like i find i particularly have this problem when it comes to like topicals especially like i can't talk about the pain relief side of it so for me that's that's kind of like the biggest thing for me when it comes to topicals most people using topicals are using it for pain relief of some kind right like so not being able to talk about it really makes it hard to kind of tell people why they want it and And again, this leads back to something we've talked about on a previous podcast, how we use this obfuscation to tell you what you need to know. Mm. But the whole thing about that is it's more confusing for literally everyone involved. (laughs) The customers hate it. We hate it more than the customers do because we have to do it for every customer. It's not just you when you come into the store. That's something you have to realize. It's every single person like you that comes in off the street when we're telling them and we're happy to do it every single time. Oh, yeah. 
but we hate doing it because it confuses you and it makes us mad that we're not we're able to do our jobs as well as we'd like to because if we were able to explain to you what the advertise like not the advertising but the shit that we get like the information we know that we can't tell you it's like i don't understand they under they like they arm us bud tenders with all this information and it's illegal to tell you yep oh yeah and it's they want like, you. They want you to educate people, but don't educate them on the benefits of it medically because you're not a medical professional. It's like I understand that, but there's also still like, yeah, okay, sure, liabilities. I'd still be okay with having to bring up, you know, I'm not a medical professional, so I would recommend having to talk to your doctor. But here are some of the common benefits that can be associated with blah blah blah. Right. Right. If you're really curious and really want to know, I would highly recommend talking to your doctor. I would be okay with having to, you know, put that caveat in there of, you know, you have to talk to your doctor mm-hmm. because I'm not a doctor. Yeah, Don't that... take my word for it completely, but this is like scientifically, this is research that's out there, publicly available for anyone. Like people could just Google yeah. this shit if they really wanted to. But I can't tell them that. <laughs> exactly. And I mean like on good producers sites like they have it all cited the research they've done the doctors that they have hired to do this research yeah it's all on there the thing is like there should be an allowed vocabulary yes and the thing is that it should it shouldn't be strict but it should be thorough like like words you can like i feel like when it comes to things like sleep exactly especially we should be able to talk about those Open While also name. mentioning, you know, I'm not a doctor. I can't really help you with this if you do have a serious medical problem with it. But if you're just, you fucked up your sleep schedule over quarantine and you want something to help knock you the fuck out to help get it back right, I could recommend some good heavy shit that'll knock you out. Exactly. <laughs> but I can't tell you that right now. But like the <laughs> ability to be able to tell you that would be amazing. And you're seeing some companies pull shit right now though. You're seeing like slumber, you're seeing night night. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's these things that are pushing the envelope that are like the Trojan horse. Mm-hmm. Cuz yeah. like they ride in slowly and then legislation changes yeah, to allow like them pushing at the boundaries as much exactly. as they can to see what's allowable and then just kind of being like oh let's toe the line here a little bit oh i got away with it okay let's just keep going and oh yeah and then you see these other companies that see them do it and jump in and go oh i can i can get away with this then too i can do it too and then yeah it just becomes the norm and it's it's now acceptable exactly and that's the thing like we're forgetting about like liquor prohibition like they went through it like Mm -hmm. and it was a lot longer because legislation took forever because there wasn't the computers and shit we use today so it was a lot longer. So they've had a hundred years. I hope we have like the ten year so the ten year shuffle. Yeah, I really hope it doesn't take that like long finesse. because we are, you know, a little bit more advanced as a society. Exactly. And there's records and we can look back in history and see that a lot of the stigma against weed in general was all just political bullshit to throw black people in jail political like, racist bullshit to also stop mexicans from crossing yes, the border yes. and you know let's just label anybody we don't like as a hippie and then we'll throw them in jail too exactly you know propaganda and thought control you know the 50s mk ultra i could go on for hours but you know it all happened it's all proved yeah and it's all traces back to the you know the person we're all gonna find at the very end of this it all traces back to poor legislation yeah and a government that doesn't know how to legislate it and the thing is that's fine but they had too many white collars in at the beginning yeah and they didn't have enough blue collar people that actually smoke it daily and you know can function you know, they have all of these examples of people getting high for the first time. Yeah. Of course you're a fucking babe in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's stupid on their first time. Everyone's stupid for like the first 30 times. I was still a fu- I'm still an idiot today. Honestly, we could we could do like a whole podcast just about this. But uh, this exactly. is a we're getting a little off topic here. 
But uh, yeah, very very good points. Oh, oh, it's all good. You're you're passionate. We love the passion. It makes for good content. But we promise the people gripes about the cannabis industry. While that is a gripe about the cannabis industry, we have some preset topics from our lovely local bud tenders we went and asked that we would like to discuss. I mean, it does lead us into the next one. So Uh, the next one is the chair just like two steps ahead. (laughs) (laughs) The government's involvement, specifically in Alberta. The AGLC oh. distribution, they're, they have a play at every stage. They're in every single, like, we can't even order directly from the LPs themselves. The producers have to send it off to the AGLC, who then has to send it off. I've, I've heard that that's supposed to be changing or that it might be changing or there's hopes for it. Yeah. It sounds like they're going to just change over to that warehousing style that they're doing, that they're supposed to do that. If that were the case, that would be perfect. That would be so amazing. And and, and in all honesty, like, I as a business like Corpo understand exactly why the government started a business to control sale of weed at the beginning on the shipping level because they cornered an industry that nobody else could get in well i mean like they could totally still have their website like they could still have the aglc website still sell weed through it because they do they do that right now you can buy from the aglc website it gets shipped to you pretty quickly i might add too like it usually only takes a couple of days to get to you like so it is kind of nice but also like it'd be nice for stores especially like small businesses to just be able to buy directly from the lps well yeah that was what i was uh, well far as continuing on to was like i don't believe they should have any part in it besides a warehousing thing because that's like there's deals in liquor like i worked in liquor for a year sure not long but i dealt with enough like lps or not licensed producers but i've dealt with enough representatives from these companies to realize like doing business on a personal level is so much more impactful especially for a customer experience like within your area and like that's something i want to be able to explore with a store like working at like we have like a deal with bazam then we get Bazam products and it's not like they're exclusive to us, but we have like a guarantee pretty much of a supply, which would be lovely because you could do that with liquor, guarantee yeah. your supply oh, yeah. of liquor. And the thing is, cannabis is not far off from being of that industrial level to be able to secure a supply to the people you have a contract with. And I think that would be wonderful because it would grease the wheels. It would keep everything turning and it would keep business fresh. Because it's like... I feel like also, especially in Alberta, it would make things a little bit easier for the stores in Alberta with how many fucking stores there are. So many. Everywhere. The competition is freaking nuts. And I feel like if LPs could sell directly to stores, that would change the game. Mm -hmm. And a lot of companies would have to greatly change the way that they do business because i know for a fact there are some companies that would not be able to buy weed anymore yeah. so you know in the how many cases can i put you down for as a salesman especially like a representative of a company i did door-to-door sales it was never a better feeling than somebody being like yes you can put me down for like three or four yeah and I was like, yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's just a satisfactory level. It's a personal thing. And that's what I think cannabis should be. You know, we're a community of people. It should be another community of people working at it. Oh, you know? yeah. Like, there's sure, there's always a place for the corpo side. That's the thing is with weed, too. It's like, it's always there. While, yes, it has been stigmatized heavily by the government, there has always been this culture and this community around it, especially amongst, like, stoners and whatnot, and, like, this whole just kind of, like, caring for one another and, like, having each other's back, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's kind of a a well-known I, thing among, among the not-so-asshole-ish not people, you know? Exactly. Those that care. But, like, I feel like if the AGLC took a step back, it would help. Alberta small businesses especially Mm -hmm. kind of get that foot ahead oh yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, that that kind of brings us into the next point that people brought up. Uh, the Perfect competition, segue. right? I'm a great moderator without even knowing it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the competition. <laughs> There's so many stores, and the way that the competition is is really the issue that's brought up in this specific point. Yeah, is it's so cutthroat, and everybody is literally cutting prices and trying to beat the other by ten cents if they have to. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah. Like. It's it it's a pissing contest in a way because it's companies showing like that they can do it that they're like we are better than value <laughs> you know <laughs> stuff like that it's 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 classless and the mm-hmm. thing is like I'm fine with quiet undercutting but the minute you drag it into the light <laughs> and you just like beat it in front of people, it's like, no, that's not cool. We're a community of people that shouldn't be doing f- first thing, the undercutting of each other. It's like MSRP. Why the fuck can't we agree that that's the price? Like, I don't understand why that's so hard. It's merchant recommended price. That's the price that they recommend that you sell their product at because they're also trying to help you make a buck, but they're also, they have a spot for their name. It's like, if we all work together and agree that the MSRP is the price of the weed, then it's all about the experience. And that's what it should be anyway. Yeah. Your local cannabis store should be the place you want to go to because you have friends there. Like, because when you go in, you know, the person that you're talking to isn't going to bullshit you into a, you know, an eighth that you're going to hate. They should be able to, like, talk to you and through that conversation, get you into something that you'll enjoy or at least the very, very least point you in the direction of something you'll enjoy and point out where it is. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the thing. Like, if you're going to enjoy something... you know I'll do it I'll be like hey it's not here but I know it's here and I know it's terrible but I'll do it Yeah, (laughs) because I prefer a customer be happy than you know me make a couple bucks selling them something they're not going to enjoy as much as the product they're looking for you know I don't want to disappoint people like that I've never been a salesman that could lie (laughs) and say hey you'll like this more But I'll yeah. be like, no, you like this more. Well, I'm like, that's that's what I thought, like, this is why, kind of why I brought up the point of, whole, like, if the AGLC took that step back and wasn't the middleman, yeah. then small businesses could thrive more. Because with the way that the competition is now, it is so cutthroat and people are having to cut their prices, like, lower and lower because everybody else is doing it around them. It's generally the bigger companies and those that have, like, a big corporate behind them that do well in that environment because they can afford to cut those prices because they'll just cut their money elsewhere usually by underpaying their employees whereas you have the small businesses that are trying to pay their employees their worth and actually pay them a decent wage but are not making money because of the competition being so cutthroat that they can't afford to be competitive so they start losing customers because unfortunately there is still a large percentage of customers that just want a deal yeah and you the worst part is like it it affects the entire chain right because like everyone's undercutting each other which means the stores with stock sit and then that stock ages and then people complain about the age of the stock. <laughs> and then it gets because harder we were selling and harder it. to sell it. Exactly. But at the time, we were selling it at a fair price. Yeah. Not being all undercutty. Or, like, not, you know, we, but the, like, the, the seller was selling it at a fair price. It drops, you know, at, like, one of the value stores because, you know, they have three other industries that are pumping money into this behemoth that's stealing customers from everyone to not only, you know, down the road after everyone else is gone, hike prices as high as they can to recoup all the money they lost. That's that's the business plan. Exactly. Drive out the small businesses with your really low prices and then jack the prices back up once you're the only supplier. And that's why I 
think the AGLC stepping back would really help small businesses. Like, and I will, I will die on that hill. <laughs> yep. Sorry, that is obviously, as you can see, a, a shared gripe. Yeah. That really, uh, you know, bucks the, you know, base of my soul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of gripes, what's our next one? Uh, I mean, you know, there's a reason that we went on so long about that one. I'm just going to tell you the next two and we're not going to bother answering them. Because <laughs> uh, the next one was regulations and AGLC being the middleman. Uh, and uh, yeah. the one after that was the number of stores and the overpopulation. Yeah. So, I mean, we've we've already covered those in, in, yeah. Yeah, in bounds. Yeah, there's too many stores and the AGLC is ridiculous and just needs to calm down. And, and I the- just want pretty weed packs. Packaging, man. Exactly. Like, the thing is, like, I've seen provinces halt stores. The thing is, it's yeah. too late. The damage is done. For most provinces, as many stores as are ever going to exist, kind of exist, and they will normalize themselves. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, Ontario just did a halt on stores, uh, but they're at 1,000 stores in the province. Wow. Right? You know, Holy. Yeah. I love Canada. But we need to realize we're a small ass population, and not everyone like, can take such a huge piece. Okay, of that here's pie. here's the thing though, that I'm then curious about. Okay, so yes, we have a lot of cannabis stores, but just in the community that I live in, that we live in, there are within a ten minute drive, I'd say four, five liquor stores. There's one can, two cannabis stores. That's true. Yeah. It's because... So, yes, there's a lot of cannabis stores, but, like, also, there's a ton of liquor stores, too. But they have more freedom with their regulations and thrive a little bit better from it. Yeah. So... That's the whole thing. Yeah. I feel like if they did take that step back, that would just allow, like, not even just, like, in, like, being the middleman and the purchasing, but taking that step back with regulations and letting it be a little bit more lax, the better companies would start to shine and poke through with marketing and having a character like i'm i'm not gonna lie i'm a kid who loved 80s marketing yeah like all it was colorful everything had a spokes thing (laughs) and to deny an age of adult that grew up in the sensationalism of a character a character within cannabis like why can't we just trust the people working in the store to do their job and id people and not allow minors in exactly and then you know like we do with alcohol trust that the people who purchase it who are going to have children around are responsible enough to keep it away from said children alcohol doesn't have to be in a child-proof container you can Bring your kid into a liquor store. Yeah, you can bring your kid into a liquor store with you because obviously you're not going to buy beer for your newborn baby. I know, I know. We've talked about that before. And honestly, with marketing, I think we want to do like a whole episode on marketing because honestly, the regulations around cannabis marketing alone are, yes, we need a whole episode for that. (laughs) But yeah, long and short of it, stop. (laughs) Just back the fuck up. We didn't. We did need it in the beginning, but we don't need it now. And yes, try the product that you govern. Maybe smoke a little bit of it. (laughs) Calm down a little bit. And then relax. (laughs) Getting high on your own supply when you're the government is not only accepted, but vastly encouraged. Because (laughs) we're a Canadian population. We're supposed to be peaceful. And if we all smoked it, we What else do we do during nine months of winter? Exactly. (laughs) We just sit inside and smoke. (laughs) Uh, So I said I was just going to read off the two and we weren't going to answer them. But uh, as you can tell, we're obviously very passionate about both those topics because we went off about them again anyway. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just I felt like I had to add more in there because I just I really needed to drive home how annoying the regulations are and how annoying AGLC is. I'm sorry. You can go on to the next one. All right. Well, the next one that we heard, and this was kind of more of a themed uh, answer that we found. Yeah. Uh, we went into a couple of stores that were corporate run stores. We went into a couple of stores that were more like a franchise or like a mom and pop shop. 
And we found it like the franchise stores and the mom and pop shops. We didn't get any of these responses, but every time we went into like a corporatized location, they were upset with the amount of say that they had at a store level. Yes. Which, which baffles me, you know, yeah. like as a concierge, you know, like having been a concierge and gone through like the whole rigmarole and like seeing what your customers want and what's ordered and then seeing that on a franchise level and then talking to somebody on a corporate level and then being like you have what say like you can ask for things and they you show can up request things and it actually comes in exactly it's like customers make yeah. requests that you then request for those customers and they show up. That's that's something I shouldn't hear on any level of a company. Like your experience, no matter where you go, should be tailored to the neighborhood you live in. Like, I mean, like, I understand that, like, the people supposedly in corporate have, like, business sense and business experience. But, like, when it comes down to the product that each individual store needs who better to know than the people who are working on the floor every day i feel like they should have say in what products get ordered because here's the thing you're not gonna have to try and do all these deals and fun things and new displays to try and draw attention to old ass products to try and sell them out if you could just get what you need and not get the things that aren't selling exactly it's like that's the whole thing like you could even tailor the experience at a corporate level by just paying the smallest amount of attention to the numbers yeah like if something drains in half a week maybe it's good maybe maybe <laughs> you know back. maybe you fucking look at it instead of like whatever deal you have like yeah. it doesn't matter you could put an ai program that's dumb as rocks on it and it would do a better job than your generalized bullshit sorry i have a whole thing against <laughs> corporations ordering like that because it doesn't help anyone the worst part is i'll shop at a place like that if i know they have the item but only if they have the item yeah and only if it's the last place i can go because so, i would go anywhere before that <laughs> the thing is that not every not every complaint was just about like what's ordered in for example or anything yeah. like that uh there was a couple of stores that were actually told how to set up certain things and what products had to go in a certain place oh, and yeah. how they had yeah. to be presented like down to a do a t uh we've seen it too often where you're specifically told this product has to be you know front and center or over in this display specifically and i want this light turned so that it sparkles this way on the packaging like <laughs> yeah some some corporations are a little uh they have uh some close ties that they're like let's just push this product because you know we're owned by this company partially and it's like uh, well i understand wanting to push your own products i understand wanting to try and at least have your products being sold making them the center of attention and forcing it to be the center of attention is not how you get people to like your brand and want to buy it exactly like especially in the cannabis industry well and i feel bad <laughs> for the people that are working in the front end that don't have that say because part of the fun is being a little creative and throwing a little bit of personality into a display right and oh, showing yeah. that your 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 location has flair showing that you're different than the hundreds of other locations within the 50 kilometer radius of you or whatever exactly like, well, exactly and like i'm an ex-corpo and i'll admit that i used to be a corporate dog I loved everything they did. It was all great until I saw the other side, you know, <laughs> life. Uh, and uh, it was pretty grim. So now I'm a normal person. But uh, it's not right. So, like, as a corpo, wouldn't you want, like, your top selling product? Maybe not at the front. Maybe just off to the side because, like, a lot of things in our industry sell themselves like some things have this magnetic pull like let's just use san rafael as an example 
because you say San Rafael Pincush in the province of Alberta. Everyone pretty much knows what that is, and it's pretty much a guarantee of what you're going to get. I like it. Most people like it. <laughs> so, you know, it's just it, some things have that pull. Like for me, um, Redican Outlaw. I'm just done. I know I can buy a pack of those and my whole day is gone because I'll smoke all 10 of them in a day <laughs> uh, because they're usually like 13%, but that 13% is like beautifully skippy. I'm like skipping between joints and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just like some things have those pull, but you also shouldn't glorify like your corporate obligations to like negate something else that could like honestly use the spotlight and help honestly boost your sales because some products like if you focus them will move faster especially if they're like a legacy strain that's like actually good and your people know it's good and like if all of your staff is a buzz about something maybe put it you know in a front facing position because everyone's going to talk it up and like that's something you can like ensure because everyone's right. excited and even just like you can't do the that. ability to gauge what kind of displays you need and how to form them and what to put where like it's nice to be able to have that freedom because as i mentioned before who knows what better to highlight and what's selling than the people who are working and like who also knows what better to try and display to try and clear out if it's maybe not getting as much attention right like some things i find just don't sell because people don't recognize the name of like the lp or whatever right so but if you give it that little bit of attention people are drawn into it and they're curious about it right so even just being able to make up your displays and decide what you want to display at a store level is an awesome freedom and really sucks that you can't really do that in a corporate location exactly which i think branches me into another gripe and i'm sorry to bring this up immediately <laughs> but on an lp level like when you're like a, a representative coming out to a store why is it illegal to give people shit like if we think about it on a liquor level i had I, I'm going to be honest, I probably drank like four beers in one shift from just trying somebody's entire portfolio. And by the end of it, I was, I'll admit, I was pretty buzzed. And that's completely fine in the industry. Like, it's encouraged. Because then you know what to bring in. And that's something I don't get. Why we, as cannabis, you know, people, some of us cannabis sommeliers, some of us, you know, upper at least you know we've smoked enough cannabis in our life to try something like this and not be wrecked the entire well, like, day why even, is it illegal and even the average consumer too like you can walk into a liquor store that has a sample table set up for some wine or beer or whatever and the customers can try a little sample of it exactly so like, why isn't the same kind of thought process in we like we trust people to take a sample not take more than they can, right? Like, why can't companies do little, like... One-hitters. One-hitters or little pin, exactly. pinner joints it's or like whatever, like... When you walk into a vape shop, you could try the tank. They'll have tanks or little testers, and you grab a mouthpiece, a little rubber cap that you put over it so you can try yeah. it, and it's still... It's still clean. Sterile. Same idea, right? You have a little metal one-hitter. You've got all these little rubber caps. Grab a rubber cap, tear it out of its plastic seal if you want. Like, if it has a seal, throw it on, and there you go. You've got your cap. You can try one hit. Hey, how's that taste? Yeah, go check it out. They have it. You can purchase yeah. it. You can even have a designated smoking area just outside, because I know with laws, you can't have smoking inside, which whatever. That's fine. I get that. Yeah. You can have a designated smoking area just outside that people can step off to. That happens to be Try a test the one bar. header Boom. and go back to it, right? Like, well, like the whole thing is like, if you did like a window thing, I was just thinking that do like a window thing where the sample is set up there. So people yeah. can just come sit there, try a one header or whatnot, then go in and purchase. Right. Exactly. Cause they're still outside the building. They're in a seated test area. You know, nobody's getting overserved because the thing is we know. We know exactly how much we're dosing the person with. 
and we know exactly how much that sample is because it'll be dosed for us because the thing is like if this is going to work everyone's going to have to do it oh yeah like everyone's going to have to throw in the thing is like if it's done at a company level then it's going to have to be done well you know people are going to have to be able to try more than one strain or even like having just little samples of edibles too exactly like costco style get a pack of gummies and throw a gummy or like half a gummy into a little thing exactly what's the problem with a dynathrive like a 30 pack of dynathrive throw them on a tray those are cbd no one's getting high right like or even like if it is like a higher thc one cut that bitch in half and throw it in exactly (laughs) grab it like slap chop and give it a couple of hits so you dice it up and there you go now it's a 0.02 milligram piece i understand (laughs) it's dust but it's a tasty dust or you know have the regulations once again of the 10 milligram cap be raised so that companies can just have little sample packs that they make for these setups to just have like five milligram gummies because for the average consumer that doesn't really do much yeah and i would really like the allowance for large corporations and i know this sounds terrible to enter the industry but only so we can get like official jolly ranchers that are like THC filled Jolly Ranchers and you suck on them and then it's just Jolly Ranchers. Or even just the ability to let these companies collab with like bigger name companies like that. Like like exactly like like, I am still waiting. uh, It was Reese O Henry that did the four twenty five bar. Oh Henry. Yeah, O Henry did a four twenty five bar for the legalization of cannabis in canada yeah with the intention of later being able to release a 420 bar that was infused Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm still hoping and waiting one day that i can actually have that O Henry 420 bar right because you need a 420 bar for at 420 so you can blaze and then a 425 bar that wasn't infused for after so you don't get the jamaican munchies and fry yourself out and like the 425 bar had like it was like an O Henry bar but then it had extra peanuts on it so it had like extra protein so it would be extra filling for when you've got the munchies right like it was really clever and i still hope i'm still got my fingers crossed and hope one day i will have that o henry 420 bar so you know the marzipan in a mars bar yeah so if they were able to infuse the marzipan in a mars bar instead of the caramel oh wow oh my god it would be literally mind-blowing you would would have so good like god level mars i just like (laughs) oh marzipan infused (laughs) instead of the caramel because everyone knows infusing the caramel is a bad idea who taught us this um fireside 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 (laughs) those ones were terrible i've had a good infused caramel don't don't state that all caramel is bad but fireside it was yeah it was like those liquor chocolates that you bite into and it just goes and there's like liquor running everywhere and it's like just water cannabis oil it was bad it was so bad oh yeah yeah, it was so bad who did a good caramel. Ooh. It was Aurora. It was. Aurora's caramel half spears. Yes. Hand painted. Delicious. Those so were good. actually so good. I am so sad to say goodbye to Aurora. Like, I'm not on their <laughs> They're supposed to be going back to medical side. only. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that they're going back to medical and maybe one day I'll get a medical card and be able to shop with them again because I want their banana their split. Their medical was great. It's prime. Oh god! Like, oh yeah! Like I they, can only like, assume. I I can understand why they'd go back to their medical side because if they haven't changed the way they were doing their medical stuff at all and just had like a separate kind of division for recreational, then that makes perfect sense why they'd be going back to it because their medical stuff was really good. <laughs> oh, the ghost train haze that they did! Yeah, I think I now understand why there's a large community defending them. Yeah, like I've seen it on Reddit. Like it's not it's, a small amount of It would be their medical voices. customers. It's their medical customers, exactly. Because they're recreational, yeah. Okay, it's been shit, and if that's all you know them by, then you don't think very highly of them. But their medical was is spectacular. I mean, their banana split, even on their recreational side, 
was god level. Like I would smoke that all day because like it would just their, finish me. Yeah. One of the good things. It oh, was yeah. beautiful. It was surprisingly like I think the one we had was like eleven percent or something like yeah. that. And 10 or it, 11. Oh, I oh, was just kicked. I got so high. I was not expecting that. Oh that like, rocked me. Okay, so here's the thing about Aurora is they are mass produced to try and keep up to rec. Oh yeah. Right. Sure. In medical, you make an order, they've got their fresh supply that they can package and send. Yeah. Right then, right there. Don't package it up, box it up, put it in a warehouse, ship it out, sit in another warehouse, ship that out, you know, et cetera, et cetera, until it's four months old by the time it gets to a store. And then, exactly. you know, sit in the store for however long, cause it's already four months old, so. Right. So me and, me and Gorilla have this dream and we keep fucking talking about it and it's never gonna happen. And we're so sad about it, but it's like, you know, bulk barn, but weed. It's like you go into your weed bulk barn and there's strains, but that's all that you talk about. Yeah. It's just the strain. Old school BC. Old school BC shit, yeah. you know, but yeah. all across Canada. It would be, yeah, that'd be gorgeous. That'd be amazing. And the thing is, like, and also that's another part of the dream I have with being able to sell directly from LP. Like how Aurora is used to do their to just, cannabis. being able to just, buy in bulk and do stuff exactly. like that. Exactly. That'd but, be so cool. And it's packed as you order it. That's yeah. the thing. Because then yeah. it's fresh as hell like the weed you get that wednesday was packaged at most very most a week ago oh yeah very most like that, that would, would be, be insane exactly yeah. there would never be fresher weed and that's the thing that the aglc and i'm sorry to say this has gotten in the way of this entire time well a lot of it is health canada too actually for that <laughs> i mean for, like the actual fair. like distribution like i know we talked about this during like our our weed thought future episode there um but yeah, a lot of that is Health Canada too. And, you know, it has to be a certain moisture level to make sure that there's not mold in it. So it's already got to be X amount dry when it goes in. Well, it's only going to get drier as it's sitting there, right? So it would be nice to be able to have the restrictions loosen up all the way up to like Health Canada's level to have the ability to do just bulk just have a big bin of it and just freshly just give the customer what they want. I mean, as a global example of the ex- success of cannabis, like it's not like it's done okay. It's a groundbreaking industry. Like it shot over a billion dollars within its first year of operation, which is ludicrous. It didn't even have an entire year and it was over a billion dollars. That's the thing. Like to have something this like, you know, as young as we are, be as explosive as we are. You know, as that kind of leader, we should be taking these strides. You know, we've done the safe part and everyone understands it. Yeah. Nobody likes it. See, honestly, this was change. this was like the biggest gripe a lot of people had with, you know, legalization is it would be it's not going to be like it used to be right like it, it is going to take a few years before the regulations loosen up to a point where it is you know like our wildest dreams right but exactly i just am impatient and want it now well that's the thing like they're not dealing with a generation that was complacent anymore we're the millennialists you know <laughs> the millennials <laughs> Yeah, that was a horrible analogy. <laughs> but we're the millennials. You know, instant gratification is the tune that we strum to. And the thing is, we're all pretty much good with reform. You know, even sometimes at massive levels. And as long as it serves a purpose of good, not a ton of us will fight it. And the ones that do won't have a loud enough voice. Yeah. You know, we're obviously uh, very passionate about these gripes. Exactly. I feel like almost every single one of them, we could just make a whole podcast episode about that specific one. So, like, legitimately, honestly, if any of you guys do want an episode on just like one of these where we go into depth on it, let us know. We would love to hear from you guys about it. 
So to uh, move things along here, uh, we just have two more gripes that we got to get through. So uh, let's see how long it takes us to get through these ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the next one that came up was on the LP side, when you're trying to start up as a grower, the costs behind it, the time it takes, the just the amount that you have to put in, in the hopes that you get a license to be able to continue growing to sell. Yeah. You know, and I understand like on the liquor side, it's not cheap either, um, but it's not as hard. Yeah. You know, you're dealing obviously with a different product that's sterile, but you know, cannabis, it's not that hard to do right. And in all honesty, so many people do it so well in a way that is unorthodox, (laughs) but is so beneficial to the plant. And, you know, a whole bunch of regulations need to loosen. A whole bunch of restrictive costs need to drop because especially for provincial sale. And, you know, that's something that we should talk about is just, you know, LPs on a provincial side. Because you should, like, there can totally be a federal and provincial side. Like, I would totally be fine with that if those people on, like, a provincial side didn't have to pay as much as the federal people to, like, spread their business around. Like, if you could have truly local people doing well have, at like, truly local levels business. levels to the licenses. So exactly. that, you know, like, maybe you just get a license to produce in a city at first. A hundred percent. To start out. And it's way cheaper than getting a full-blown license to ship like across the country like like say you get like an ontario license or like not an ontario license like okay like a toronto license so you have like a toronto license and it's like two okay let's just be honest with how the government would do this for like two thousand five hundred dollars a month (laughs) ridiculous but they would probably charge it um So say it's just something like that, which would probably be doable with sales over time. Probably I wouldn't charge them that for like the first year and then I would do it. (laughs) If the government wanted to get maximum yield on their investment. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like a lot of these gripes, I'm always going to go back to that, you know, like small businesses and whatnot. And the way it is set up right now is it is a lot easier for large corporations that already have a lot of money behind them to dump all this money into testing and getting the facilities and getting everything set up and getting it to a certain quality and a certain standard before even being able to be like, yeah, okay, now I can continue to grow to sell. Like, not even being able to just, oh, yeah, okay, now you can sell. But, like, being like, okay, now you can continue to grow yeah. in the hopes of selling. Like, yeah, I don't think there should be as much as a wall. Like, and I don't think it should be as restrictive of a cost. Like, I think there should be at least, like, for small business, like, especially a small grow, some sort of subsidy for, like, such an ex- like it's a it's an exorbitant cost ten thousand dollars isn't a small amount like on any level like even higher level like oh sure multi-million dollar deals it's pocket money but you know like in anything below that a million and below ten thousand dollars is still a lot of cash for any level of industry. Well, I mean, okay, so realistically, if you're looking at what steps a LP has to take or a grower has to take to become an LP, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's insane. You have to grow your stock. You have to grow enough of the stock to show that you can do it steadily, that it has the same results, that you can do it at a mass so that you can keep up to the demand. And after you've grown enough to show that you can keep up to that, then you have to send it off for testing in hopes that it passes the testing. And if as so long as it passes that and that they're still okay with everything, then they may give you that licensing to say, okay, now go ahead and grow more. Even though you just spent the last how many months growing, now you have to grow more so that it's licensed. Exactly. And like the whole thing is like the testing is a small cost. And like I just went over how $10,000 isn't a small cost in this venture. But like that 10000 is just like the testing alone. Exactly. A batch, right? Like Not to mention the part. time. How long does it take to take a plant from or even from a clone through to harvest? 
You know, it takes time. And not even to talk about like gigawatt hour on like those lights, which are using exactly, you know, because like this is not really like, sure, you can automate like the trimming and cutting process, but like the actual like growing process, there's not a whole lot you can automate. You still need a lot of human eyes and hands in there checking on the plants, making sure that they're growing right because they're plants sometimes they just don't like <laughs> things go wrong yeah you know, things happen you know how many times i have heard from different lps about a, a, a new type of pest that they had encountered they're like oh crap now we've got to deal with this and they had to go and figure out how to deal it and only if they're looking at the plant and only if they're caring for the plant they're going to notice that change and say, oh crap, we've got a problem quick, let's fix it. It's the ones that don't care that would just let it go unnoticed and then it becomes a huge problem and it's, I mean, like it was a huge hit to them, a massive hit to their lineup. And I am so sad and proud that they did it, but like Top Leaf taking strawberry cream Again, something I've talked about on pretty much every other podcast about how much I love off of their menu because of the new type of pest that it created. It hurts my soul, but it makes me happy that they did it for quality assurance. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, know, it's nice to know that care. they, you know, they care enough about the quality that like, even though it was like a really good strain and very popular for them, these they made the right decision right and like there's a lot of tough decisions like that but that's the thing that's what i mean it's like you can't just like completely automate the process because you do need that human interaction you need that human eye Mm -hmm. right yeah exactly you need you need the person that knows what they're doing with the plant that cares of the plant that is one with the plant (laughs) living things take care of other living things better than machines exactly at the moment And I mean, for a long time. I know it costs more, but even like the trimming and harvesting process is arguably better when done by human as well. Oh, it's yes. amazing when done by humans. It's <laughs> like, oh, wow, there isn't a giant sugar leaf like collapsed on half of my nug. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we just have the one last gripe left. So shall we get on with it? So this one does kind of shadow a little bit on the competitive nature in the overpopulation of stores. It's going to touch a little bit on that. Um, But it's more so in the sense that where's the old school community? This is the cannabis industry. Why are we so cutthroat? Why are we so aggressive with one another? Why can't we just be more chill? Why can't we be friendly with one another? And that's why, and that's why I feel like that's part of the reason why I feel that if that, if the AGLC, like especially here in Alberta specifically, like if the AGLC were to, take that step back, then it would allow for the small businesses to kind of come forward a little bit more because it would get rid of those corporations that are, I feel like creating this hostile environment because they're making it seem acceptable to just kind of be cutthroat and like undercut your competitors because you just want the consumer's money, right? Like where are the stores that give a shit about their customers coming in and actually want to get to know their customers and have regulars and actually have conversations with them and form relationships and not just consider them potential sales walking in, right? Like like in one of the provinces with like arguably one of the most stores in the country, like I don't understand why it's still such a problem. Like I mean, I understand why it's a problem, why everyone's at each other's throats. And the thing is, like, a lot of people have a lot invested into this. And the thing is, in a lot of cases, especially in the industry as it stands today, it's not going well for a lot of people. And the thing is, like, it's industry-wide in Alberta like and the thing is like I say Alberta because it's the one I have the most knowledge of (laughs) you know living here you know I I get the most information about it you know I look at the rest of the country too but this is the one that I feel it in first hand information versus second hand what you heard 
Exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, what you read in a passing article instead of, you know, what you feel in the day to day. It's like everyone could be doing better. Um, everyone's trying and it's very evident in how hard we stab each other. <laughs> like it, it's gouging some of the prices I'm seeing like in the industry as a whole like you know you see like an msrp of a company and then you see like it at cost yeah like what you'd see so the long and the short of it is just like everyone should just agree to sell at msrp you know if everyone in the industry agreed to again this goes back to what i said before it's all about experience exactly (laughs) and like the whole thing is like stores look out for each other like you know i've seen stores that get broken into reach out to stores around them to spread like the images of the people that broke into them so that that if they get hit you know they're at least ready for it and can do something you know i've seen stores pat each other on the back like that and like that's the whole thing like it's a community that should be the forefront and yeah. i think that's what all of these gripes come from is a lack of community yeah a lot of i feel like a lot of these gripes come from it it's they're trying to make it very business like but cannabis has never been like a business it's always had this community behind it that i don't know made it different and it's, it's really it's disheartening okay. to see it so business i keep i keep on thinking of this one and i'm and i wasn't sure if i should bring it up but you know what screw it it really pissed me off when i saw this when companies try to overstep one another and i'm talking lps yeah i actually saw an instance where there was an lp display and that thing probably cost over a 100 bucks and another company went and stuck stickers all over it to put their own name on it out of stickers. Like it was, it was the shadiest thing I've seen in a long time. And it, it, I don't know. It just it turned something in me, and I just I, I found it disgusting that they that they took that step to deface something that this other company put so much money and time and planning into just because they wanted to show a little competition and uh, there's exactly you said like the base disgusting part of it is this defacement of property right you know another company owns this and they've left it in the store in like the care of that store and then for you know another LP that isn't related to the company at all to come in and like change the look to fit their style on a display they don't own and the thing is like when this company (sighs) infuriatingly enough is super cool with their graphics and could have done something like if they had just ripped them off it would have been better mm, yep. like yeah. if they had ripped them off just yeah. straight up ripped them off it would have been so much yeah. better put your own money into your own display don't destroy somebody else's exactly because you also like it like if you're gonna try and rip it off at least have the common decency to <laughs> rip it off. Put, put your own money into it and rip it off but yeah I, there's there's definitely this whole culture of like undercutness that's definitely not very true to the cannabis community when you think about it like i really hope those people leave the industry and it kind of changes and it becomes better like yeah i really hope the years filter correctly yeah i hope it stacks good instead of corporate not saying that corporate's evil i just not saying it's good (laughs) you know i'm if it's a neutral body because it depends on who's at the wheel you know in some cases it's okay but in cannabis it really needs to take a step back and the community needs to take over because you know grassroots sales techniques would help not only cheapen things for everyone, but provide better product, better timing, better pack dates, and 
you know, better just overall a, experience. Yeah, just a better experience overall. Exactly, what I was gonna say it, it would it would affect a lot of things, right? From the weed itself to just the experience in the store and the way stores are ran and the overall just fuck even the things we'd be allowed to do, like some of the some of the stuff we dreamed about having in our our previous episode would <laughs> exactly. be a little bit more obtainable with a better sense of community. But I feel like a lot of that. <laughs> you know, is uh maybe something we can save for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh I think we actually talked about all the gripes we specifically went out and actually got today. Um well not today in past week or so. Um thanks for listening to us just ramble. If there's any topics you'd like to hear us talk about in the future, please let us know. Um, we do try to post every Weed Wednesday. Yeah, we're human. Things happen. Sometimes we don't. Um, who knows? But, you know, we try to post on Weed Wednesday, so make sure you're keeping an eye out on Instagram for our post and keep an ear out for us where you find your podcasts. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us to let us know of any topic suggestions or any questions you may have, you can always check out our website and our Instagram page. I will put both in the description for you guys so uh, that you can find it easily and I don't have to worry about trying to spell shit for you while I'm this high. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I don't know about you, but my brain doesn't process a bunch of letters just thrown at me verbally like this without any visual stimulant as well but yeah anyways i think i think that was everything it was a this was a good one we uh got off on a lot of tangents but uh it's only because we're so passionate about the industry and how we think things should be done (laughs) (laughs) all right and remember everyone we chat chat about about it. it